I will admit that while I don't exactly judge a book by its cover, um, the first game's box art. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one not that. to judge a little right, bit. Right, did not inspire right, a lot right. of confidence compared to other things on the shelf at the time. <laughs> and and that's not a you know, but one of my favorite you know Super Nintendo box arts is a is a shooter with an old man with a banjo on it. So like you know, I'm, I'm pretty. <laughs> that's because I'm pretty open to like different kind of box arts. But... Yeah, but you like that one because it's wildly incongruous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why could, you know what? If they had bought that same old man back for Sweeken and One's box art and just like photoshopped 107 other versions of him in the background, I'd be all for it. Occasionally I got, he's got like. I gotta go make occasionally that. Occasionally he's got like a ukulele instead of a banjo. Oh, yeah, just 108 different instruments. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and as you can tell, we are talking about PlayStation music today. But before we get into the music, I have a wonderful panel here, starting with Hillary. Hello. Say something funny. Why are you putting me on the oh, spot Oh, like that's that? really putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Say something funny at some point during the I show. I mean, I was going to bust in with a PlayStation, but... Oh, well, there you go. There you go. All right. Oh, it has to be like PlayStation yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Audra is also here. Hello, Audra. Hello. And rounding out our panel today is Wes, a normal human being. As always. I was about to cut, pop in with a blah. And not Just one the, of us. That opening not, sound. Yeah, I like that. Not one of us did a you are not ready. Although I feel like that's a visual gag. So Not the best for this format. No. Should I just put a red E on the graphic for this episode? Yes. There you okay. go. Will anyone remember that? I have no idea. Someone has to. Someone can't will. be the only old ones out there. I know, right? Actually, I, that, this is not an old panel, but like people who are actually there. Yeah, I was there. I was there for PS1. Um, I was a sulky teenager for PS1. I'm sorry, a <laughs> sulky teenager? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you ended up with your song picks today? Let's have a note. Well, one of them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's got to be of the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, since we're getting into it, then, like, what, uh, we'll start with you, Hillary. Like, what, uh, why are you here today? Like, what made you want to join this one besides the fact that I asked you to join it? I want to celebrate some of the really fantastic games and more importantly, music. You know, PlayStation is a far cry from in, you know, capacity for different styles of soundtracks and stuff than we'd heard before. We've gone into this on some other episodes of Rhythm, you know, how there are more options for vocals and there was a lot of growth and a lot of diversification in soundtracks and musical sound tone. So was exciting and worth exploring yeah all right no pressure i don't know if anyone can top that answer but um what about you wes what brought you to this one i'm so enraptured with like the change to cd audio and how excited composers seem to get at that yes. point so compositionally a lot of this stuff wouldn't have worked on prior consoles and that's what i really wanted to show is you know songs that just simply could not have existed 
on yeah. like an SNES or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How about you, Audra? Um, can I just say same to both? <laughs> <laughs> you can. I mean, those are pretty good answers. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Oh, thank you. I don't think mine was quite as in-depth. I mean, I'm here because I'm the host anyway, but if I wasn't, I think it would just be because I just have a lot of fond memories of many, many PlayStation games music. Not as insightful as the two of you, but, uh, but no less valuable. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You. And the connection between, you know, music and memory is strong. Like one of the most frequent comments when like kind of looking back at some of these tracks is this brings up memories or, you know, specific things people want to share about their past. Like I was playing this game when, so that's an interesting aspect to it as well. <coughs> that's true. Also, didn't I tell you like a minute before we started this episode, I said, you know what? Our bunny, our bunny is going to start drinking water, but she's going to wait until we start. And we're a few minutes in. And if you hear any clicking in the background, that is the water bottle going. <laughs> Thank she you, knows Matoya. to pick her moments. She yeah. knew. She Thank knew. you, Matoya. Got to be a, yeah. store, a, a star over there. Yeah. She wants to be part of the panel. Yeah. All right. Well, learn to speak and you can be on a future episode. Okay. All right. Well, that's why we're all here. Uh, I'm excited about today. It, it's It can be really easy. You know, I, I talked about this in some other episodes, but, you know, I, I like us when we have as, uh, as diverse as of a lineup as possible in terms of music. And when you get into PlayStation, it's, it could be really easy to like lean heavily into like Square and Enix because at the time they were different companies. Um, and we didn't really do that today. I mean, I did, but, you know, I, I needed to bring on what I brought on, but I'm, I'm happy with our lineup today. So, I say we start off with Audra. Audra has our first song today. Oh, yes. It is opening BGM from Suikoden 2. I looked that one up when you when you said like this is the song. And I'm like, well, okay, that's great that she wants the opening, but what's the actual track title? And that is the track title. BGM. Yes, it is. <laughs> opening BGM. <I'm> like, <laughs> all right. Yes, I did not make that up. <laughs> <laughs> well... We're going to follow that up with an opening song of mine, and that's Primal Eyes from Parasite Eve. Going to New York. Yeah, which shockingly (laughs) was never on the show before. So, yeah, let's go check out opening BGM and Primal Eyes.
Well, basically, I picked this opening BGM, accurate title, um, mainly because I loved Suikoden 2 as a, when I was first starting playing video games, and it was just one of the first RPGs I ever played, and I fell in love with the opening theme. I never thought before that I'd heard a song that actually encapsulates kind of an entire story in its instrumentation, and that's sort of what drew me to this song, and why I picked it for today's panel. It just, it has a really great instrumentation and vocals and it kind of just, it goes everywhere and kind of just, it tells a story within itself. 
and I really like that. Kind of captures the whole feel of the game, I think. Okay. Now, I, I wish now that you're talking about it that I had watched the intro that goes along with the song recently. Yeah, I, me too. And I did not. So, like, for someone like, I don't know, me, who maybe, for example, has never played the game, uh, how how does the intro... Because I, I was curious about that, because the intro, like, with no context, like, no context, mm-hmm. not even watching it, I'm listening to it, I'm like, it's interesting, and I like what's going on, but it, like, it seems it goes between a bunch of different styles, and I'm not sure why or what's going on. So that's actually helping me explain... Uh, it gives some context to it. Yeah, it goes through, like, different story beats that happen in the game. So there's uh, emotional points that and darker elements that happen in the plot early on. And then it's kind of like as you're building the army, you get hopeful and more triumphant, kind of. Yeah, so like some of the, the vocals, like towards the very beginning of the song, like almost sound like an RPG, like Final Boss. Like it sounds like something's not good. Yeah, I, I was going to say, <laughs> okay, as I was listening, I my main thoughts were sort of like, okay, this is a story arc somehow. And there's some sort of, it really feels like it's it's almost more tense at the beginning and there's some sort of like disaster or something, but I actually am very fuzzy on my details. Uh, I have friends, this is their absolute favorite game. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow I still... It's awesome. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I'm not as well versed as I should be, but I was like, okay, so this starts heavy and yeah. maybe builds up towards something a little more hopeful. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The beginning part is more... I'd say like the darkness that happens early on in the story in the plot. And then you have like, yeah. Then you have like a little small sliver of hope. And then it goes into kind of more this triumphant beat, which is more the, um, the gathering of the 108 stars of destiny, I think. Nice. Yeah. I, it was a very interesting combo of, of like kind of more atonal and more traditional singing at the beginning. And it was almost like they were competing a little bit. Hmm. You know what's really interesting that I never caught before listening to it for this again is that those intro vocals are really echoed in Suikin and Three's intro. It's very similar oh, yes. style. Oh, okay. Uh, to the point where I was like wondering, did I click the wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if they did that on purpose. Probably. <laughs> it feels very evocative, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad half our panel today played it. I always hate coming <laughs> on these things and be like, oh, yeah, this classic game that like everyone should know is like, oh, I didn't play it. And this was, and this came out at a time when you know I had more time and actually did play a lot of a lot of games and RPGs. Like I, I couldn't tell you how many RPGs I played on the PlayStation um, or the Super Nintendo before it, but this this was one of the ones that just like slipped by me. To be, and now there's a remaster, so I'm like, well, I'm not going to go back and. It's going to be time now. You'll have no excuse now. <laughs> I know. I know. That's true. To be fair, though, I mean. You were kind of spoiled for choice during that time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Th- there's no, well, I don't want to say there's no way, but there's so much. Yeah. Well, this was 1998, wasn't it? I think. I believe so. Because we, we ran a feature like five years ago about like the top 20 RPGs of 1998. And when going back and putting that together, we were like collectively thinking like, wow, like how did all of these come out in the same year? Because mm-hmm. RPGs weren't quite as prolific back then. Um, but or at least not as popularized. No. So like, yeah, there there was a lot, like all of a sudden. A lot fewer of them got yes, localized too. Yes, it was too. 1998. Okay. Yeah, and this one, I think it had some limited copy availability. Probably. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know it's very rare to find physical copies now. Oh, yeah. And, you know, not that this affects the second game as much, but, you know, I will admit that while I don't exactly judge a book by its cover, um, the first game's box art... Yeah, That's a hard one not to that. judge a little right, bit. It did not right. inspire a lot of confidence compared to other things on the shelf at the time. <laughs> and and that's not a, you know, one of my favorite, you know, Super Nintendo box arts is a, is a shooter with an old man with a banjo on it. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> that's because I'm pretty open to, like, different kind of box arts. But. Yeah, but you like that one because it's wildly incongruous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why could, you know what? If they had bought that same old man back for Sweeken and One's box art and just like photoshopped 107 other versions of him in the background, I'd be all for it. Occasionally I got, he's got like. I gotta go make that. Occasionally he's got like a ukulele instead of a banjo. Oh, yeah, just 108 different instruments. Hey, you know something else that came out in 1998? And something else I wrote about for that exact feature? Uh, Xenogears? Parasite Eve. Oh, Parasite Eve. Yes. Oh, that, that's my cue, huh? Let me go find my notes on this one. So, um, yeah, I, this is one of those ones that I almost didn't bring on because I was certain we had had it before and no one had brought it on. Hillary, you were you were kind of like taken aback when I said that it had never been on the show. I, I was. <laughs> and this was, I thought this was going to be a shoe-in for my pick for the like episode we did specifically on game intros a while ago because it's so good but I ended up going with something else so yeah that was that was a hard episode though yeah to figure everything out because there's only there's so many good intros and, and endings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah I mean Parasite Eve has a fantastic soundtrack all around and at least part of that at least for me is the like familiar and motifs and themes that get reused throughout the soundtrack and I don't I don't know if I picked up on this as much because I wasn't thinking about the song as much now. And I certainly didn't think of it years ago. But um, like a new player, if you'd never played the game, if you come into the game, this is the first thing you hear. And you wouldn't pick up on this listening. But once you play the game and go back and listen, you, you'll pick up on so many things Yep. Um, that I'm so actually surprised I never did until today listening. But yeah, I mean, you have character themes and event themes. Um, even just some minor sounds like here and there, some stuff in the background, some stuff in between some other sections of the song. Um, all these recognizable things later in the soundtrack are all here in the in- intro um, in just this beautiful fashion. Um, but like the way Shimamura weaved all this stuff together, the, the, the quiet intro that it starts off really quiet, but then it surprises you because then the song kicks in and it's it's more... Uh, energetic and then the middle part where she pulls stuff back and it gets it gets a little quieter only to come back in it it goes like loud and in your face again and then that that piano hit at the very end it's very uh definitive was the word i came up with yeah it just ends on that and then that just those creepy last like you know 20 seconds or whatever um it's just so good yeah i mean during those last seconds like in the actual opening intro they they had to throw like a a quote in there no no don't don't that's part of my notes you you want me to say it <laughs> oh okay. i'm gonna say it do you, wait do you know the quote by heart maybe you said you watched the intro a lot i did okay is it quiz time Should yes I try and say yes it? okay uh the worst foe lies within the self that's the one I can't even hear that song and not picture those words like just floating, floating, floating <laughs> in my vision. Yes. 
Um, yeah, see, it's right there. It's my notes. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, but see, it's memorable. Even years and years later. So anyway, it, it's one of my favorite intros. So I uh, I really wanted to bring it here and talk about it. I can see why. I mean, I I didn't play Parasite Eve. That was the one that kind of got away from me back then. But it's an awesome song. You didn't play it at all or just not at the time? I didn't. I haven't played it at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you can. No, oh, geez, I don't even know anymore if you can get it. <laughs> I guess you can still technically get it on PS3. Can you still yeah. get stuff on PS3? I don't know. If and when you're able to play it, it'll be a treat. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, like, hands down one of my most memorable PlayStation uh, song intros. So I'm glad it's here. Just, it, it is astounding how Shimomura was able to seamlessly incorporate all those things from later on, the motifs from later on in the soundtrack to give you a taste, but still come up with an intro song that's incredibly interesting in itself as a separate song. And I, I love the interplay between the like rocking guitar, like, yeah, we're racing around the city, we gotta stop the giant monster, and the quieter piano sections that are sort of like, okay, now we're investigating and we're looking at some cells under a microscope and... Go ahead, go ahead, I, go ahead. Was, no. You don't want to talk about fake video game science nope not <laughs> okay. not not right now <laughs> okay okay, okay we're, we're looking at we're looking at uh mitochondria and uh, a nucleus uh electrifying them under a light microscope <laughs> yep that's what we're doing yeah why not that's all i'll say on that specifically but i just it's in her capacity to put the instrumentation together and the transitions like my favorite one, I think, and it's probably because of the the video where there's just that kind of loud like drum crack, and there's an explosion in the opening FMV, and it's a transition oh, between uh-huh. one of the two sections. Like she just uses transitions so well in the song, so it's not jarring to go between these like electric guitars and the piano. Yeah, and it's a good showcase of like the different voices that composers are now able to use. It's a totally different sound. Yeah, I need to add if it was the '90s and you were making a soundtrack and you put distorted electric guitar in there, you were on like shortcut to Coolsville. You were absolutely (laughs) selling copies there. It's true. Absolutely true. So Wes, you said you only played the game recently. Well, not recently, but But, yeah, back in when PS3 was new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating game uh, without a whole lot of comparisons. Um, I can only think of, you know, a small handful of, RPG survival horror hybrids out there. Um, not to mention what it tries to do ambitiously being a Japanese developed game that's very centered around New York as a place and trying to capture a lot of those like cinematic references every bit as much as it does try to tell its own story. Um, you can you can point at specific shots and say, oh, they got that from Die Hard. Um, as you search for kind of where they got their inspiration for how New York looks in this game. And the soundscape's a big part of it because it really does mix that traditional kind of Square Enix flair um, with a little bit more kind of down-to-earth New Yorkiness, which I feel like is where the electric guitars meet the the beautiful instrumental tracks in this intro. I remember reading about this soundtrack, and Shimamura spent some time in the states in clubs in LA listening to music to get some <laughs> inspo for this soundtrack. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. I don't know. If, actually, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was LA, but probably okay. that wouldn't make sense. But in the states, was it Hawaii? No, 
Okay. She was not hanging out with Sakaguchi in Hawaii. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's where this was developed, right? At their, like, Hawaii studio at the time? Was it? Am I making that up? I thought they had, like, a Honolulu studio. And this is one of the first things they made there. I don't know. Cool. Well, now you got me interested. Now I'm spreading misinformation, but I'm there's something there's some truth to that. Uh, whether it was this game or not, I thought it was. But okay, I'll look it up later. I'm guessing the club scene in Hawaii is probably a little different from LA, though. Probably. So you're probably right. <laughs> all right. Well, we should move on before I start talking about how I would like them to remake this. But all I want them to do is just put more polygons on the models upscale the backgrounds. It doesn't have to be fully 3D. I don't care if it's pre-rendered. Just make it look nice and clean and add some voice acting because I really think that's the only thing that I, I think would sell the cinematic thing a little bit more. Yep. But I still love it. Me too. And it's interesting that they did they did promote it as cinematic and mm-hmm. other things at the time were starting to go into voice acting. A little bit. I mean, it depends on the game. Like in that same year, at least from Square anyway, like Ray Fancy Musashi did. Uh, of all things, uh, not this one and not, not Xenogears, but Musashi did. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's cinematic. And then Final Fantasy didn't nope. until PS2. Yep. Square tiptoed around voice acting a lot longer than a lot of studios did. Yeah. Which, I mean, probably maybe okay. Because, I mean, voice acting in the 90s was <laughs> often hit or miss, um, yeah. at least until 1998. But they weren't they weren't all up up with uh, Metal Gear Solid and Soul Reaver. So I know there's other examples, but those are two big ones. Those are two good ones. I mean, okay. Having recently been introduced to Metal Gear Solid, I I actually, one of the first very noticeable things for me was just the amount of voice acting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) not about Metal Gear. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, and now you're going off track. Maybe you need it. Oh, no. It's not time for you to introduce a song yet. Uh, Wes actually has to introduce a song for our next block. Hey, that's me. Uh, so, yeah, for, for the next song, I brought along casually the overworld theme from Breath of Fire 3. Oh, I'm so excited about that. This is only our second Breath of Fire 3 song on Rhythm Encounter. Unbelievable. I know, right? So, thank you for that. Oh, I'm excited. And then, Audra, your second song is coming up after that. Oh, yes. I picked another opening. Apparently I had a theme going for today. It was um, Disc 1 opening, Wild Arms Second Ignition, You'll Never Be Alone. Oh, such a good call. Yeah. All right. Let's go casually listen to You'll Never Be Alone.
So Breath of Fire 3, like as a whole, has this super jazzy soundtrack with a lot of uh, bass lines that you would not have heard in a lot of games prior to it. Um, and I think that the, the overworld theme casually there um, mixes it up even more because it's got a little bit of jazz, a little bit of funk, a little bit of elevator music, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, but it all comes together to this like this really bright, sunny, optimistic overworld theme. Um, the likes of which I, I can't really compare it to any other overworld theme, I don't think. Um, I can't think of any others that hit those same notes. And one of the things that really made it appeal to me for this episode in particular is just how layered it is. Um, you get, you know, bass, piano, uh, guitar, you've got... It's so many different melodies running on top of each other um, that it, it really feels like something specific to the PS1, specific to CD audio that they couldn't have done before. Mm -hmm. um, Composer just was running wild on, on this one. They were they were set free and they made the most out of it. There's there's one part when one of the melodies kicked in, I I started listening to it and I was like, yep, that that absolutely should be a vibraphone. <laughs> just that very, very kind of glassy piano-y. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. And I think that's I think that's where maybe we get the like elevator music vibes from. Or maybe lounge yeah. music, maybe is oh, yeah, a maybe way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I did that I could not conjure before, so I went with elevator music. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I mean there's 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 some overlap in that. And that's not to say that it's like stagnant or boring in any way. It's definitely not. It's got some good movement to it, this track. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun song. It bounces, and like half of the Breath of Fire sound 3 soundtrack, I can't get over the bass line. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit while while planning, but you and I both were thinking about Breath of Fire 3, um, <laughs> and we found out after the fact that we were both thinking about the exact same two songs. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's impressive. It was either going to be yeah. this one, Casually, or the Fight song, which I think is just called Fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... Maybe that one will be on a future episode. I just think it's interesting that those those same two songs stood out for both of us. So I'm glad you brought it since I didn't end up doing it. Yeah, I think if we're talking in terms of like samples of good music from this era, like this showcases a lot of positive things that could be done with the PlayStation. It kind of showcases its strength, I think. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. I like what Wes said about like trying to compare this to like another overworld theme of the time or in general. And I was I've been thinking about that since you said it. I'm like, I don't, I can't think of one. It really is unique in that respect. I've got to say the the Breath of Fire community is ridiculously passionate about these games, like more so than any other that I've come across. Um, it's it's a small but very dedicated group, and I guarantee you, there's at least one person out there flipping their lid that Breath of Fire made it on any breath of fire song made it on see i didn't know i mean Aww. i'm sure i'm sure there's countless communities out there i don't know about um but you know i didn't know like sometimes when a game is not represented or seen in so long like like how active is the lufia community yeah i, I say i'm gonna get emails now huh um so that's good i mean i'm, I'm sorry for the community <laughs> that we haven't got a game in this series since uh PlayStation 2 um, and for the people there are who people out there hungry for it and and the people who don't count that one then it's been since PlayStation 1 <laughs> yeah Aww. I know well maybe some one good day. series that just need more games and a series that takes chances musically like this is very yes. different from Breath of Fire 4 soundtrack but 
which is also fantastic. Mm -hmm. And yeah. also different from two, two yep. and five. And six, for that matter. So. Even though I don't like to acknowledge six, but <laughs> I actually own the soundtrack for six, and the music Just is pretty it good. Down. No, the music's pretty good. Like the game, like we don't need to talk about. But no, it's it's true. Actually, the the games really did do something different with music in like almost every entry. So I think so, that's a good thing to spotlight. Yeah, so I respect them for that. So I made the mistake of writing my notes referencing. Wes's other song, but that comes up later, so I can't talk about any of those. I'm just going to say <laughs> I enjoyed this song. I like how how upbeat and bouncy it is, um, and just the sort of synthy sort of piano. How it's like, well, it's like your other song that you know, that reference will make sense later. So go listen to that and come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it conveys this this great uplifting sense of adventure. Just it's a little, it's more like lighthearted and breezy even more than your other one wanted to bring the light this time yeah. you did breezy cat hole yeah all right i don't i don't have a good uh i don't have a good segue <laughs> we didn't to... leave ourselves a good transition no no <laughs> well um i wild arms 2 was actually the first wild arms game i ever played and i kind of loved the intros that they the animated intros that they did for the game it was like the first time i'd ever really seen one of those for uh, when i first played it and I was kind of actually, I didn't realize that they had a vocal version of this song until um, I actually got the vocal collection of, for Wild Arms a few years later, because the um, English language version over here did not have them. It oh. just an instrumentation. Hmm. Okay. But I just, I know, I love the vocals. I think like they really add something to the music, and I mean, I love the instrumentation itself. It really kind of captures that Wild Arms feel the wild west i know i remember pat just like rhapsodizing over how good the wild arms openings from this era are especially with like the vocals and just everything together and mm -hmm. one of them was his choice on i'm referencing the previous episode again or endings and beginnings right am i remembering that right no that was audra too uh, on episode 63 audra brought on the intro to disc two. Oh, okay then what did pat <sighs> i don't know about it <laughs> I'm sure Pat has talked about Wild Arms, though. Well, I remember him talking at length about... <laughs> oh, no, that was Pat. All right, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah he brought on like, Resistance Line. Oh. Yeah. oh, and Resistance Line is good, too. Yeah. 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 Cool. Making I... me doubt myself. <laughs> I know, I was the one who shouldn't be doubting. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So now we've had both both disc intros, intros on here. We completed the set. Yeah. I'm guessing at the time, it was probably just one of those things where they're like, well... We don't want to put a Japanese, maybe, I don't know if it was a licensing. I bet you it was more of a, they didn't want to put just a Japanese language track in, but they also didn't want to go through the hassle of dubbing it. Of, yeah, it was sadly very not. common. Yeah. Were they not paying attention to how many people were like bootlegging anime openings and endings during this time period? Probably cause... not. <laughs> I, I also love that there's that little bit of acknowledgement of like the weight of uh, Mexico in the Western genre. Like the instrumentation that feels very mariachi at times, including oh. you know weaving into the spaghetti western, which is is tradition. I mean, that's that's a thing that's been in there forever. Um, but it makes this one stand out from Wild Arms One. While both feel very westerny, this one feels a little bit more adventurous. It's I guess. got the nuance. Yeah. Yeah, I like it's that. It's big and bold. Something very almost daring about it in a way. Yes. Like, yeah. 
Like you can I feel mean, it if, going on adventure or something. If you start strong with a trumpet, you're sure of yourself. Because <laughs> that <laughs> is a risky move. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Yeah, no, you know, it's it's actually there's a, there's a, some similarities between this and in a different way, Breath of Fire. And again, I'm going to reference the Legend of Mana song from later, but it it conveys a really great sense of adventure, but in a different way from all the other ones. I also looked up, I don't know if anyone else did, it, if you looked up the lyrics. Uh, I, found, I didn't have time to do that, but I'm eager to hear. I, I found right. an, an unofficial, of course, translation of Ooh, the lyrics. Okay. And uh, it sounds like, uh, I mean, anyone can look them up, obviously, so please feel free, but... It, it, it seems like it kind of just reinforces the song title of You'll Never Be Alone. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it talks about things like, you know, regardless of the changing winds or what time it is, or if the feathers of the migratory birds drop. Um, I, I'm thinking what I read was a very, very literal translation. So, um, like but the it. idea is, regardless of all of those things that happen, you know, I'll still be with you, etc. I really just had to say that. I'm like, the feathers of the migratory birds drop. Like, Okay, <laughs> I get that. It's kind of poetic. Now I'm just imagining all the snow geese from Earthflight and their really, really long migration. Oh, yeah. But they're migrating together. You know why? Because they'll never be alone. Yeah, they'll never be alone. Yeah. All right. That was that was a great segue. I wish, I wish that we had that earlier. Do you have a segue for this one? Hmm. Apparently but, my theme today but you is to have put the you next, on the spot. You have the next song. Oh, God. Now I'm getting anxious. I, I don't have a good uh, segue. No, you're getting anxious, but you don't have a good segue. Nope. What? What am I, what am I missing? <laughs> oh, I get, yes. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, um, on one hand, I didn't want to be too obvious with the PlayStation 1 episode. On the other hand, I'm pretty sure if we didn't feature Final Fantasy VII, people would unsubscribe. Like, it had to be here somewhere. And not just because it's popular, but because um, actually it turns out the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack is really good. So um, I, I am very happy to bring on my favorite song from all of Final Fantasy VII, and that is The Honey Bee Inn. So please listen and enjoy. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're not doing that one. I actually do enjoy that song. It's funny and it's weird. Uh, but what we're actually going to do today is Anxious Heart from Final Fantasy VII. And then after that, we have, oh, look, another 1998 RPG from Hillary. Yep. This is uh, another one that probably needs to be here somewhere. Yep. Or at least one uh, Mitsuda track needs to be here somewhere. Or I would definitely be offended. Um, <laughs> Since I personally identify as an October mermaid, not really, I just have an October birthday, but I like saying that. Uh, my choice is October or June mermaid from Xenogears. Nice. All right, let's go listen to Anxious Heart and October Mermaid. No more jokes. Those are really what we're going to listen to now.
So no, it is not One Winged Angel, although hilariously that song has also never been a rhythm encounter. I feel like I feel like it's too big of a song to just bring on some random episode, so I don't know. No one people have had opportunities, but no one's done it. So I don't know. I, I think maybe we are collectively waiting for just the right place to bring it on. Um but at the same time, you don't need me to bring on One Winged Angel because you already know it. Everyone knows it. And it's good. It's it's good. In fact, I would say I would describe that song probably as fantastic. But I'm also often a little bit mad at the song because it tends to overshadow everything else on that soundtrack, depending on who you're talking to. Um, again, not that it's not great, but there is. It's sometimes when you when you hear one song off a soundtrack so much, it can be easy to forget how much other great music is on that soundtrack. Um, and and this is one of them. Uh, Anxious Heart is an early game track, but it really, really, it just is so great at like setting the mood for Midgar. And specifically, like, you know, it gives me the sense of like how the residents of Midgar feel and like just their daily lives, you know? Which actually make, makes me a little surprised that we didn't pair it with my next song, which we'll talk about, because that is also like an Anxious Villagers with Problems song. I know, but there's actually a reason I paired these two together. Yeah, so I'm which curious. You'll, you'll find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's soft and a bit sad and just the pace and the instrumentation gives it this sense of, uh, also this kind of weird sense of curiosity and wonder somehow mixed with the sadness. Um, I like the part around a uh, minute 15 where these like sort of wind chimes come in and it's like, it's a little bit happier, just a little bit. You get a reprieve. Yeah, you get a reprieve, but then like those gradually get pulled back out. And then you come in with a bunch of kind of really anxious chords. I think it's the like, dur, 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 yeah, right after that. I just all of it. This the way the the speed, the tempo of the song, and the instrumentation. I feel like it just it's so good at conveying this sense of uh, a place that's you know it's a tough life. Like it's hard to live here and all that, but also it's home. So, you know, we're going to make the best of it. What else are you going to do? It reminds me of, uh, Aerith being described as like a light in the slums. Yes. Yes. It's a good musical representation of, of that. And, you know, the crushing anxieties of having that sort of, no, I kind of love that one, the minute 15 part, just, and then how that kind of fades away. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's like genuinely one of the the most beautiful songs in the soundtrack. Cause just because of that, you know, light in the slums, like you said. Mm-hmm. And it stands out. I feel like this is the first time I get into Midgar and playing Final Fantasy VII over and over and over again. Um, 
this is always the first song that comes to mind because this is the one that really describes to me the you know eking hope out of a very bad situation mm -hmm. i remember playing this for the first time a really really long time ago and this is like okay opening bombing mission is great and i was on board with the soundtrack but this was actually the first song where i actually paused for a minute and was like wow this is a mood mm -hmm. like this really works well sounds like you guys all like it yep yes a little bit okay good <laughs> i did good then uh, sure did you did great <laughs> i knew i wanted seven and i didn't want something obvious i almost picked um i think another great choice from it not for today but at some point is um birth of god or birth of a god or however however it's translated yeah. now i think it's another really solid like boss battle theme that also gets tends to get overshadowed by other ones um, i like that one a lot not as much as this but well i don't think i don't think anyone would claim that my choice is overshadowed or underlooked uh, well it's underlooked enough that it never appeared in a rhythm encounter until episode 116 true so maybe we <laughs> Maybe we waited a while. Maybe this was the opportunity. But it's usually when people talk about the, the Zinnogar soundtrack, this is one that comes up because it is a very emotionally evocative piece for a certain character. It's sort of like a, a motif for her, actually. And it's just a really, really beautiful song that I think showcases Mitsuda's style really well. Um, and like you said, it's got quite the similar tone to Anxious Heart. You know, it's got a little bit of that melancholy, a little bit of that, I don't want to say murkiness quite, because it's pretty clear, but just sort of that complexity to it. And then you get that slight, not complete change, but just a little bit lightening of the atmosphere in it. Yeah. Now you see why I paired them. Um, did you know that that lightning... Uh, occurs around one minute and 30 seconds. Oh my gosh, is it the same time stamp for both? It's not the same. Anxious, <laughs> Anxious Heart is around one fifteen, but it's it's within, within 15, 15 seconds. seconds. <laughs> Listening to them back to back, I was like, wow, these these songs sort of ha are doing a, a similar thing and they do it w within 15 seconds of each other. Just, and they do it in a slightly different way because yes. like the, the, the melody and the instrument cha instrumentation changes less in October Mermaid. Exactly. But there's a more drastic change in Anxious Heart with the little chimey, chiminess. Yeah. Yep. I see what you did there. Yeah, and I thought that was a good, another good contrast. It does it does lighten it, but it doesn't, it's not as, not that what happens in Anxious Heart is drastic, but it's it's a notable shift. And it's, it's much more subtle here, but I don't know. I thought it was an interesting parallel between the two. October Mermaid is also just great at conveying those sort of like watery deep sea vibes which is something that you could sort yes. of do before now mm -hmm. but i think is also another spot to showcase some of the atmospheres and some of the different sounds you can create now that we have more options yeah with yeah. The playstation mm -hmm. it's an awesome song i i adored Zeno gear soundtrack so i'm like yay <laughs> it's maybe the most atmospheric song that we have on this on this yeah. list for today it, yeah. it really just kind of pulls you into it mm-hmm and, and it wants you to, to kind of live in that song, uh, which is fantastic when you're trying to tell a story to have something that really like auditorily pulls you into what's happening on the screen. I feel like this one does that extremely well. Yeah. 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 And I always find myself wondering like, okay, how does it do that so well? And I've never quite figured it out. It's like the, the mystery of October Mermaid. <laughs> it's true. I, I was actually having trouble with that too. Cause I was thinking about what to say about it and, 
I'm just... I don't feel like I have as much to say as I should, because I can't really put into words you know, what it is. I can't put my finger on what it is about the song. It, it resonates. I don't know. For me, it, it resonates in a way, like it emotionally resonates in a way where I can't pay attention to other stuff. I don't know. But it's hard to explain exactly. Like, It's a very powerful song, but then also rather ethereal in a way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very catches on your ear. Yeah. Don't know how it works, but it definitely works. And I know that the Creed version of this song is also also fantastic, but I wanted the original in this case, just because we're talking about great PS1 songs. So I wanted to try and where I could bring things in in their original form. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. a good call. So if if you want to hear, okay, hang on, before I tell everyone to listen to this in, in episode 51, our whole discussion about this song was in the episode, right? That wasn't off air. Oh, geez. Well, uh, whatever. People should listen anyway. If you want to hear probably <laughs> a good discussion about this song. At the very and, least, we talk about Creed. And and Hillary and I being like stunned by our co-host Chris telling us that, no, actually, it's not called June Mermaid, even though everyone called it that for 20 years. Uh, listen to episode 51 of Rhythm Encounter. Uh, because up until that point, uh, we did not know about the weird... Uh, mistranslation of June versus October. And then somewhere I read like a direct translation is like the godless month. And I'm like, really? Is that October? Okay. Wow. How's that make you feel with your birthday? Eh, I guess it tracks with Halloween. <laughs> uh, uh. All right. Halloween's going kind of hard in Japan. Yeah. Apparently. All right. Are we ready to get back into more of like an, an adventuring mode? Yeah. Do you hear that? Do you hear that outside? The wind is singing. <laughs> For the journey? Yes. Yep. Time to go adventuring. That that was almost painful. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, that does bring us to our next track. Yeah. Uh, from Legend of Mana, The Wind Sings for the Journey. You gotta have the dramatic pause. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes sometimes the segues are natural and sometimes you just gotta make your own destiny, okay? <laughs> okay. And then What's our last track, Hillary? All right. Well, I'm making things somewhat somber again uh, with a track from Valkyrie Profile, which is another great PlayStation RPG with some very good tunes and some interesting ones. Uh, But this one is All Becomes Twilight, which is kind of a, a moody town theme. Awesome. All right. Let's go listen to The Wind Sings for the Journey and All Becomes Twilight.
So the wind sings for the journey is maybe the most adventurous track in Legend of Mana, the most like kind of up-tempo, hey, let's go exploring, let's go find things, let's get things done, um, which is fantastic. And I love tracks like that. And that's one of the reasons I brought it. But the main reason that I was excited about this one um, was again, I'm, I'm such a fan of the layered instrumentation. And this one really ups the ante by introducing the instruments in the song one at a time. You know, you start with the, the guitar, then the flute comes in with a the melody, then you start getting some light percussion as you get, you know, tambourines and, and things like that punctuating. Um, and it's only after all that that you actually get the drum track. This is actually relatively driving for what, what sounds kind of like a brush drum track. Um, and all of that together makes this kind of folky adventure theme. Um, it really feels like an acoustic set, like this is a, a group of people playing you off to your adventure more so than you know, some big bombastic background music. Um, and I absolutely adore that in a, in a track, something that can feel like, oh, someone in this world has played this song before. And it's it's not uh, Diddle and the Accordion. <laughs> no. <Ugh. laughs> Thankfully not. I, I, I'm sorry, but I just got very tired of that, that hearing that song running through the plaza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is so jaunty. I, I love it so much. And I remember I remember it very, very clearly. I think from the lake. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I, I'm always gonna associate it with pirate penguins. <laughs> Which you know I could I could totally see some of them just like, yeah, we need we need some music while we're going around the lake searching, figuring out what's going on. And it's funny because the music is like a little bit incongruous with the first quest you get there. <laughs> yeah. Which is the first quest? I'm sure I've done it. But... The one where the with the petrified oh, penguins. Oh, geez, right. Where some of the fairies have decided to like punish outsiders that are loitering near the lake and, and the penguins get greedy, like looking for treasure. <laughs> and then there's a there's a beholder looking kind of eye thing that can petrify and it gave these fairies like kind of leeway to, to petrify trespassers and it's it's that's unsettling. What's not jaunty about that? <laughs> that is a jaunty cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Adventure, but maybe be respectful and courteous of others. <laughs> Adventure responsibly. Adventure responsibly. <laughs> oh, man. I want to make that the title of the episode now. <laughs> Please do. Well, no, because it doesn't say anything about PlayStation. Maybe that's, that's a future, future episode of some kind. That the the winds in this song are just in the stratosphere the whole time. Like they just really carry. So expansive. Yeah, yeah. This is just one of my favorite. You know, let's go on an adventure themes. So it, it's it's just it's such high energy and bouncy. And uh, I decided it's the musical equivalent of sunshine. And yes, Hillary, I'm referring <laughs> yeah. to sunshine in a positive sense for once. I'm shocked. What? I'm shocked too. What? But yeah. Usually you're all horrible, wholesome sunshine. Horrible, wholesome sunshine. <laughs> I'm not actually anti-sunshine. You can get your vitamin D from this track. I, yeah. That's true. <laughs> you could. I believe it. Uh, and it's an apt title for the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. I don't have to. That wind is singing. I don't have to take my vitamin D uh, gummies today. <laughs> Just listen to this a few more times. There you go. Yeah. Taking care of you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm still like just to speak about the soundtrack a little bit more broadly for a second. Like 
this is the, definitely like the most high spirited, but it still fits in well with some of the other location based kind of adventure tracks. Like a few of them are a little bit more mysterious. A few of them have a little bit more of an element of danger. Like I'm thinking of the the road that you yeah. one of the first quests is sort of it's a little bit more driving. The winds are definitely you know very different melody. A little bit more of a subdued part for them, but they still fit together, which is really neat. And I don't know if that's kind of like because of some of the consistencies in the instrumentation a little bit, but it's it's just really thing I love about the soundtrack because mm -hmm. it feels like these are you know just great locations in the same world which is kind of funny given the mechanics in Legend of Mana and how everything is sort of separate completely separate yet connected yeah 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 Legend of Mana is one of those kind of low-key greatest soundtracks of all time <laughs> yeah like it belongs on your list but you know you don't always think of it first that's true I don't Hillary does it's a that's good for me yeah. Yeah. Says the person who recently brought the the Jumai music. Right. On. Oh, jeez. Which episode was that again? I don't know. Shoot. Oh, it was Dungeon. Dungeon themes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's technically their enemies in that city. True. It's abandoned. Weren't you thinking about something from this game for this episode, too, early on? Or no? No? Okay. I mean, I, I wanted the soundtrack represented, yes. I don't think I had a specific pick. Oh, okay. I should mention, like, before we get to our, our last track here, but um, just because I want Wes to know that one something Hillary was toying with bringing on was something from Kodalka, even though she oh. didn't ultimately oh. do it. I considered that one, too. Oh, did you? These two were too important to me. Was it, was like, it, that was my number three. Oh, okay. <laughs> was, it, was it Waterfall uh, or something yeah. else? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Of course it was Waterfall. Wait, was Waterfall not the one we had on before? Or what did we have on before? I thought we had Waterfall on. Oh, okay. Wait, let's see. Now I need to know. Oh, no, we didn't. We had kissed twice. Oh. Okay. Waterfall's good, too. Waterfall is good. I was also thinking of the the pro, the prelude or prologue, whichever one of those terms they use, just because it has a nice little, like, classical vocal piece mm. in there to talk about, hey, we can do vocals now. Yeah. I, I have a feeling this is going to be a popular... Uh, episode, like I'm, at least I'm hoping, just because it's PlayStation One. So I feel like at some point we'll do another one of these. This is also one where there are many options we did not cover. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. no one be sad if your favorite wasn't mentioned. It was probably mentioned in another recent episode, or there may be a follow up. Or yeah, one day we'll do another PlayStation One. You can get your Kadoka, and I'm sure at that point we'll get Final Fantasy Nine. I can, uh, yeah. Or Lagaya. Or Lagaya, yep. yeah, yeah. Tons of good choices. Mm -hmm. So I, I think Legend of Mana soundtrack deserves, among all of those, I think Legend of Mana deserves at least a shout out. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's one of her best works, and one of her one of her personal favorites, isn't it? Or no? Which is the one she? There's one that she mentions is like one of her personal favorites that she's done. Is it not this one? Oh, uh, now I have to go back and listen to the Shimamura. Yeah. Episode. No, it we was... don't. If everyone listening can go back, they can go back and listen oh, and figure okay. it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, it was either that or Kingdom Hearts. I think she said that Kingdom Hearts is like personal to her. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Considers it the one that best expresses herself. I couldn't resist some background Googling. My apologies. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. So I think that's what it was. Like Kingdom Hearts is very personal to her, but this, that one she considers like a, an expression of herself. Gotcha. Which is neat. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Should we do our last track? I'm ready. 
All right, so just so I have an idea, who who, who here has played Valkyrie Profile? I know you have. Yes, I'm raising, I'm raising my hand. Me too. And I just realized that doesn't help. <laughs> okay, so I have not, sadly. So a little bit of background on this one. This is this is a very kind of melancholy, moody game. Uh, you play a Valkyrie, and your job essentially is to gather gather these spirits of fallen warriors to fight by your side. So a lot of this game is actually just kind of watching your warriors in their final moments and things like that. And building off of that, a lot of the towns and areas in this game have pretty sad backstories and have their own burdens and things going on. And so you get this town theme, which is, which is slightly moodier and not your like, Hey, this town's a nice place to be. It's, it's a lot like anxious heart, which is what I sort of alluded to before in that, you know, you get just the main atmosphere of the piece is just a little bit, I don't want to say oppressive, but it's kind of constrained, kind of confined. But then you get these little like wind bits that are a little bit more expansive. So you get the sense of like, yeah, these people have troubled lives or they have difficulties, but they still, they still have their moments. They're still able to express joy. They're still able to be happy. And I just think that's like really neatly conveyed in this song. And it, and I think Sakuraba definitely took advantage of, again, some of the instrumentation options, things like that, to convey this. You've got the bell tolling, which is a big cue, you know, because it's it's not like happy church bells. It's a slow kind of single bell toll near the beginning. Feels almost authoritarian. Yeah. Or or funeral-like, depending on how you listen to it. Yeah, which is probably kind of fitting with the Valkyrie theme. Right. But it's, it's also just very beautiful in its own way. So I like it a lot. And it also reminds me almost of some of those, the feeling you get kind of from some of those old quintet games, which are also some of my favorite, which is sort of like a little bit mysterious, a little bit sad glimmers of, you know, hope or humor here and there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, everywhere you go starts off as very sad, right? Like in Soul Blazer, at least. Like, and and the quintet games, yeah, nothing well, there. It's empty, and you're, right? And you're restoring it, and that's the that's the glimmer is you're yeah bringing things back. Yeah, Fogger mm-hmm. profile is kind of similar. You, you know, there's a lot of tragedy, there's a lot of unfairness, there's a lot of injustice in the world, but you are also going around and uncovering these moments of heroism, of altruism, of humanity in that world, and yeah. it. I don't know. I think it makes for a really powerful game and really powerful music. So I could go on. So uh, I've gone on record, though I don't think necessarily on this podcast, as being not the biggest fan of Matoi Sakuraba's work. Yep. Because um, a lot of it can sound very samey. But I think when he when he's on his game and he's really bringing something unique to a soundtrack, he can do pretty amazing things, like I think he did with Valkyrie Profile. Yep. I think that's fair. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes it's affected by his instrumentation and this one kind of plays into some of his strengths liking those big open air bell kind of sounds mm-hmm. he really likes big swells and that fits so perfectly when he combines it with that loneliness that that kind of downtrodden feeling that that, that you were talking about yeah rather um, than a bunch of just like really fast notes which he also does sometimes which is kind yes. of like cacophony almost <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Cacophony Almost is actually probably a track title on Star Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) 
Look, I, I'm not that that I'm not throwing any shade. His his bizarre English track titles are just a source of joy to me. So me they're too. delightful. Me too. I mention it almost every time. Yeah. I didn't this time. I know. Well, I did it for you. Sorry. Go on, Wes. No, I was, I was just saying. Uh, it's so nice to hear like when Sakurab is on and he's really on. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that we we brought one more nice atmospheric melancholy track to the game here. Um, this is one of the good ones and i know you mentioned those bells already but goodness gracious do those bells add something yeah <laughs> they do to this track and, and i think it leaves us with a good mix of moods yeah for a playstation episode yeah oh boy do i love this game i was i was telling hillary the other day that uh this is one of my favorite games but i also only played through it once and it was a long time ago so it's, it's one of those weird things where i like People ask me like, "Some what are some of your favorite RPGs?" And I'll mention this one. Like, "Oh, why? Like, what are some of your favorite moments?" I'm like, you know, I I'm a little hazy on the moments now. I just, but I know how I felt at the time. Um, like when Peter was playing it last year, for he was reviewing it because it came out on like bundled with Elysium, and uh, he was telling me things, and I'm like, yeah, I don't remember that exactly, but I do know that it's a really solid game. Okay, as I- long as you get the proper ending, because otherwise it's like, oh, well, that was fine. All right, I need to get on Slack right now and be like, Peter, why didn't you talk to me about that great profile? <laughs> I guess so. Because I'm pretty much I can tell you what, what happened to most of the characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you me- you'll you mention a character to me. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> hey, remember when this happened to Nanami? Yeah, no. That said, it's a fantastic game. Um, as for the song... Um, you know, there are a lot of things on the soundtrack that make it, make it recognizable for me, but those soft, drawn-out, whistling woodwinds and the bell chimes are way up there. Um, I, I really, I really appreciate the particular type of like bells that he used here too, because they're really they're like deep, they're like deep and resonant, and it's not what you usually think of when you think of bells, um, at least musically anyway. Um, it just but because of that, it fits the somber tone of the game so well. And they're just such a great compliment to the other instruments. Um, and I realize that mostly what I've talked about here are the bells. But, you know, that's because they're my favorite part of the song. Uh, it all comes together, but I really like the bells. Um, I do have one question for you, Hillary. Hmm? Which which bell is it? Which bell? Which of the eight bells makes, makes, oh makes this my, sound? Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's a totally totally different story i know but if 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 for some reason sabriel was in valkyrie profile which bell would that be this is this is going to be really good if if there's one person listening that knows knows these books then they'll be like oh wow that's a good reference (laughs) for everyone else i'm sorry it's it's definitely not kibbeth no i mean i I feel like i have to like pick one that she uses it's not a story bell no no probably serenath okay there we go. Fair enough. Well, now that's settled and everyone is thoroughly confused. <laughs> I want to go read Sabriel now. <laughs> it's an awesome book series. And basically, she's kind of a necromancer. But in this world, in this context, there's a specific role called the Abhorsen, which is basically kind of like an... It's called the Abhorsen, and her job is to like make sure the dead are properly at rest. So she fights the undead. And the bells are her one of her main tools. Yeah, I thought. And Serenith is the one that binds the undead. 
I think it's an interesting twist because when you think of necromancer dealing with the dead, you just always assume it's like an evil character or something. But mm. it's 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 really cool. And then uh, and there are evil necromancers. There are yeah. Those are just called necromancers. Um, also, fun fact: the audiobooks, and this is part of how Hil- Hillary convinced me to get into these. Oh my uh, gosh. The audiobooks of the original trilogy are all narrated by Tim Curry. Big. And oh. it's fantastic. Big tangent. Oh, there's a selling point. Right? But, okay, I'm going to make a connection. Are you ready? Okay. So, in the same way that Valkyrie Profile kind of makes something very interesting and maybe a little bit hopeful at times out of a very depressing story, Sabriel's kind of doing something similar in that it takes this traditional role that's kind of dark and kind of makes her the, the heroic character. So... I don't know. That's kind of a thematic similarity. Wow. I was really trying to just go on a tangent with there with that question, but good job tying it back in. You're a good employee. (laughs) Um, You're welcome. But also, yeah, uh, (laughs) check out those books, at least the first three. Oh my gosh. And we'll, we'll decide if we actually want that in the episode. (laughs) Why not? I want it in the episode. That's why it was in my notes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So anyway. All right. Um, so that's my next book game pairing that I'll write about then. How's that? The the Aporson trilogy and Valkyrie profile. All right. Let's do it. Fantastic. Well, if Sabriel could hang out. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun episode. Um, you know, I said earlier, like I always say, like I try, I always want us to have a, a diverse lineup, but I think I need to start looking at that differently besides like who published the games and look focus more on composers because even if we had multiple square enix games here um most of them are different composers so i, I love the lineup that we have i like that we got oimatsu and shimamura and mitsuda and sakuraba like you know very familiar names and we got all of them in one episode to represent this you know one generation of games it was a lot of fun so um, I always like to mention at the end games that made their debut in an episode. And for the first time in a while, we have none. Uh, all of these games have been on the show at least once before. Although Wild Arms 2 was only on, I think, once before Breath of Fire 3, the same thing. So some of these might only be the second appearance. So no full debuts, but still some things that are underrepresented. So thank you, everyone, for your wonderful picks. Uh, coming up next on Rhythm Encounter... In a couple weeks, we are doing underrated Final Fantasy music. Oh, that'll be fun. I think it will be fun. could have been there. No, I know it could have been. No one's picked songs for that as of this recording, including me. So I can't give you a teaser about what's going to be on there. Uh, I think it'll be very interesting, though. We're following that up with uh, a sequel to our Town Themes episode. We did Town Themes a long time ago, but we're doing a Town Themes 2. I'm thinking we might have a more interesting title than that. But we'll see. The town and ing. The town and ing. <laughs> All right. That sounds like a Shyamalan movie. <laughs> the town and ing. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's what's coming up next on Rhythm Encounter. If you have feedback on the show, uh, you can reach us at music at rpgfan.com. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts or topic suggestions or anything else. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at mike at rpgfan.com. Uh, if people want to reach you, Hillary, how can they do that? Email is probably the best way. Hillary A at RPGfan.com. All right. And Wes? You can find me on Twitter at Wes Iliff. Um I know it's got a different name. I don't care. Nope. It's, uh, it's Twitter. It's Twitter. <laughs> um, for as long as that ship stays afloat, um, that's the best place to find me. Okay. 
And Audra? Um, email is probably the best place to contact me, Audra B at RPGFan.com. Great. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out RPG Fan's other podcasts. Every other Monday, alternating with us, is Random Encounter. Uh, Jono hosts that, and we talk about you know current news, reviews, other things going on. Sometimes it's retro reviews. Uh, really, it depends on what goes up on RPG Fan. And you know he likes highlighting new content and having the writers and authors on to talk about them. So check that out, and be sure to also check out Retro Encounter that posts every other at the moment every other Thursday. Um, in the near future, we'll be getting back to uh, an every every week thing. So I'm I'm checking dates really quick. Uh, Retro Encounter. By the time you hear this, we'll just finished posting their two episode game journal on Disco Elysium. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're on that one, huh? Yeah. Uh, you're really enjoying that game too. <laughs> it's been too. so much fun. Yeah, I, I can't wait for people to listen to those episodes. Me too. So, yeah. Um, one of them's out as of this recording, but not the second one yet. So definitely go check out the Disco Elysium episodes and everything else that's coming up on Retro Encounter. Uh, there is some other stuff, but right now, I don't know the dates yet, so I'm not going to promise anything just yet. But we still want you to give it a listen. Uh, be sure to check out RPG Fan on most social media, uh, as as Wes alluded to, uh, you know, Twitter is in a weird place right now, but we're still there at the moment. But yeah, you can find us at RPGFan.com most everywhere. Um, maybe at some point we'll appear on Mastodon or Blue Sky or one of the others, but we're we're trying to wait and see what what works for people. We're already on Insta. Yeah, we're on Insta and Thread and some other stuff. So check us out there. Um, also check out our Twitch channel. Scott is on there most days of the week streaming something. Um, of course, we also have a website at RPGFan.com. And we have a shop. Uh, we're still selling our 25th anniversary merchandise, uh, which will only be sold through the rest of the year. So if you do want any of that, if you want a, a special RPG Fan mug or hoodie or onesie, we've been selling so many of those onesies lately. Uh, baby onesies, sorry. We don't have adult onesies. Um, Although I bet I bet if we did, that would sell. Um, yeah, so check that out. You can find our shop at rpgfan.com slash shop. Um, and if you would like to review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, subscribe, all of that stuff, we would appreciate it. And that is just about our show, except for our bonus track today, which is mine, because I decided I'm going to do it. Um, one, one game that I... You know, part part of the reason I wanted to do the bonus track is because I had a hard time narrowing it down to two because I love a lot of PlayStation era music, and I really want a Final Fantasy VII represented. But also, personally, I cannot talk about PlayStation music and not include Chrono Cross yeah. somewhere. We've had yeah. a lot of Chrono Cross on the show uh, over the years, but it it just needs to be here. Uh, so, I still brought a new song that we haven't had on before. We've had the Guldov song on a prior episode, but we've never done the Another World version. So that's what we're ending on. Uh, there's also a lot of good arrangements and stuff, but I also, like Hillary, I'm stuck with the original here. So we are closing out today with Another Guldov. Uh, please enjoy that. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank all of you for being here today and making such a great show. I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Thanks. It's really neat. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, enjoy another Gold Dove, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
did anyone else besides me? I, I I've never talked to anyone that has seen this. So now I now I worry years later that it was something I dreamt. But did anyone else ever see like in store promos for Parasite Eve that were voice acted? Because I swear to God that existed, but I, I can't find footage of it anywhere online. I don't remember it. I mean, I wasn't super up on like promos. No. I don't remember it either, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I I wonder if it was just something that you know because only there was like a GameStop. Well, it was software, et cetera, at the time. Like, in-store promo. I was like, did they just do their own voices or something? I don't know. That would be hilarious. I have no idea, which is so weird. I'm like, No, huh, I want this. I don't think this game has voice acting. And then, you know, it didn't. So I'm like, what was that? It was the secret precursor to modern streaming. <laughs> People just adding their own voiceover to demos. Oh, yeah. 